Hello listeners. Welcome to season 2 of the Masters Decoded podcast. I am Anish Merchant, the chief decoder. I want to thank you for the overwhelming response to season 1. Your feedback and encouragement led me to bring you season 2 of the Masters Decoded. The season will tap into how technology, artificial intelligence and other socio-economic factors have impacted my guest careers or passions. My next guest on today's episode is Neeraj Gaba, popularly known as Mr. Gaba. He has an MBA from Leeds University and over 22 years of experience. Mr. Gaba has displayed his creative bandwidth across platforms like TV, live events, digital, print, etc., donning multiple hats of a host, director, producer, speaker, and moderator, further strengthening the journey towards becoming a wholesome entertainer and mentor. So without much further ado let me get on with it. Hi Neeraj or I should say Mr. Gaba welcome to Masters Decoded podcast series really glad to have you on the show. Uh it's my pleasure to be here on Masters Decoded with you Anish. Thank you so much for having me over. And uh you know whatever I've seen of Masters Decoded really seems like something very exciting and the kind of people that you interview and the kind of people you have these conversations with my my have you left any of the stream Have you left anybody who should not be who should be here and doesn't be here yet? Uh, there's a huge <laughs> list for sure. Uh, I would love to get them on, but thank you for those kind words. Uh, really appreciate that, and My thank you for taking time. Uh, thank you for taking time out because it's. Uh, I know you are a busy person. You are doing a lot, and talking about doing a lot, uh, you've had pleasure and experience to judge right from children to grown-ups and even couples, by the way. uh on rap and doing various things so you know how 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 was that experience it's it must be very different yeah what to say you know i'm very multifaceted and i can do a lot of things <laughs> 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 no it is you know as we say that uh when life brings opportunities to you and when they are aligned to your swadharma i am mm-hmm. i'm a firm believer of swadharma so swadharma just for the audiences it means something which is very aligned to your aptitude of life aptitude of being so uh i don't have any children of my own however i am a child myself i am 44 mm-hmm. years old but i don't consider myself a day older than a 4 year old i can still jump couches i can still go ahead and pull somebody's hair i can do all of that and i love it mm-hmm. and uh i think uh so you know when you say from children to grown ups to couples I have always believed that we all somewhere find this personality of ours in childhood itself. Yep. And then slowly and gradually the layers keep getting added on. And when you're a child, you are the most honest form of energy you can ever get to interact with. Yep. So it becomes it, it becomes mandatory in a way that you need to actually be not physically but you actually need to be mentally emotionally psychologically bare naked in front of them for mm. them to force that connect with you and i'm very 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 uh, blessed and grateful that there have been times when i've gone ahead and mentored 250 kids from the age wow. group of 6 to 12 6 to 12 wow and with each one of them the connect has been as if i had known them for god knows how long maybe because i just go in there not for the purpose of work 
I go in there with the purpose of, okay, you know what? We all have come to play here. Let's have yeah. a great time. And I think that kind of corresponds. So moving on from children to grown-ups, I myself am a grown-up. You know, when you are, when you get these operational and technical expertise and you get mm-hmm. a little bit of an exposure, the things kind of start falling into place. And grown-ups and couples, I think they, they they just become the second you and then you kind of start because you've done so much of work otherwise and you have gone ahead um, and, uh, you know, met people from various walks of life because I've worked in five continents. I have wow. lived there. So it kind of just helps when you know people from varied backgrounds, you emotionally become very intelligent. So your relatability to people, relatability to audiences, relatability to people who you're working with, it kind of exponentially grows. That's why uh-huh. I tell everybody, if you really want to come into your own, you must travel. You must live on your own because those are the uh-huh. things that make you a person of yourself. And once you do that, you go through all that is required to come into your own. Then you're able to, um, you know, attend to other people's needs better. You become more empathetic. Yep. So so I think it, 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 if I have to give you that one word, it will be the honest source of energy and empathy. These will be the two words that will go by from children to couples. Very well said, sir. Uh, and you've also, and the reason why you've been in front of them is because you've been as a judge or a mentor at, across various platforms, uh, whether it is uh, being a director at the LACME Fashion Week, the show director, or judging the MTV's next top model. Uh, so. You know, being a judge and mentor is a very different thing, but being a judge puts you in a tough spot because you will be breaking hearts, whether again, it's a child to a couple to a grown-up. You know, what goes on in your mind? Because, you know, it's easy to sit on that judge seat and people will curse the judges and say, you know, that guy or that person took me out and I really hate that person. I'm sure there's a lot of those emotions going on in your mind as well. Uh, you know, talk about that. Like, you know, how's that experience been? Uh, obviously, like I said earlier as well, you know, we all are human beings. And somewhere when we start connecting to another human, there are those pods that kind of, you know, you align with them. You start feeling for them, whether you're a judge, you're a mentor, whatever it is. Uh, so... How I, my personal process is, because most of the properties that I go and judge, 90% of the cases, I'm the mentor as well in those properties. So whether it was India's Next Top Model, whether it was uh, Hamby's Ram Camp, whether it is me going ahead and directing shows at Lakma Fashion Week, whether it is going ahead and doing a Shadi Fit show wherein I was mentoring couples. So when they come to a stage of, a wrong word. I don't like the word judging because I'm nobody to judge anybody. However, when a person, of, when when you're in a position to go ahead and, you know, kind of just say, okay, these move forward and these kind of stay back. Yep. What happens is because you have mentored them yourself. So you have given an equal insight and equal exposure and equal everything to each mm. one of them. Now, it is basis their capability of how much they have been able to imbibe it. So, when I'm sitting on that place, when I'm sitting on that, uh, in that situation, my, my thing is that, you know what, I need to see everybody with equal eyes because I have given myself equally to each one of them. And fortunately or unfortunately, these decisions happen how you are in that moment. Yep. 
So, so yeah, I mean, at times you are right on the decision. At times you are not. At times the the person who was supposed to be the best, who you thought while you were mentoring, they don't get that in the moment. And at times who you thought somebody may just kind of you know mediocrely just pass on, they suddenly shine. So, wow. so yeah, so 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 that that's what goes on. <laughs> I just back. go in the moment. So I just mm-hmm. go back in the moment. Mentoring, I give them all. When I'm sitting on that chair, then it is as if I'm seeing them for the first time. Hmm. I'll come back to this decision and uh, the pros and cons later on. But I want to take you back into a time machine and take you back few years when you were a crew member in Sahara. How many years back are we going? Sahara, <laughs> so I mentally go, go there. <laughs> yeah, going back to your cabin crew days or going back to oh. your airline days. Sahara okay. Airlines. My God, yes. after how many years I've mentioned this name? All right, yeah. I'm in Sahara now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> did you did you plan this out? Like you will be a judge and you will be doing what you're doing today. What was going uh, on? Why? If I may ask you, when you go back so many years, did you ever think you will have three startups, one in EdTech and two others which you recently just mentioned, and you'll be hosting a podcast? I think that no. answers your question. <laughs> we all evolve. <laughs> Life is all about evolution. So whenever mm-hmm. I meet young people, you know, who are in the age group of whether they are 17 to 21, where they're kind of just finding their feet, I always go ahead and tell them, do not worry about what you're doing. Just keep doing. Even if it means you're doing 100 things which have no hand or feet together, do it. Mm-hmm. Because it is that kind of exposure that will slowly start funneling down to where you're supposed to be. Life is nothing else. Life is when you start it, it's you're starting it at the base of the funnel. And then slowly and gradually, you start reaching the tip of it. Life itself brings you to the tip. You don't need to do anything. Like I earlier mentioned Swadharma, that Swadharma is that living force in you which governs your aptitude. And that aptitude takes you to where you're supposed to be. So, but do not stop yourself from experiencing life. That's the only condition. Okay. Whether it's a failure, I mean, so-called a failure, because I never considered anything as a failure. I have always seen everything as an experience. It didn't work out for me. Man, good enough. Yeah. Why did you choose uh, being a, being in the airline industry? What what prompted you to start there? Okay, so this is a very uh, uh, how should I say? It was more like a revolting decision. Okay. <laughs> You know, I come from a middle-class Punjabi background. My father and my grandfather, my grandfather is no more. My father is still there. Uh, there is a almost like, I think, 70 years old retail. Uh, you know how you have those uh, cloth markets. Yep. So he, they own one of the stores in Delhi. And uh, so whenever since, uh, like when I was a child, I would always obviously go to the store. And whenever I will go there, Anis, you will not believe in the first 10 minutes, a child will start getting a headache, which was unheard of. Why is a child getting a headache? And I'm sitting there. So my father will do one thing. He will leave his client. He will attend to me first. Wow. <laughs> he will say, I need you out of the system because till the time you are going to be there, you're going to create havoc for me. You won't even allow me to do my client. So since childhood, it was one thing that, you know what, this family business is not for me at all. Mm. I mean, whatsoever, it's a settled space, your own business. You don't have to look for anything else. You can just go. And I'm the oldest son of the family. I could have easily okay. just gone and sat there. So because of this, again, Swadharma, 
Sorry, I'll keep bringing this word because no, now no, I'm please. realizing how integral it has become a part of my life. So I think somewhere my aptitude since I was a child in school, it has always been about being a speaker. It has always been about representing. It has always been a very, uh, you know, somebody who would take on responsibility kind of stuff. So whether you talk of being a prefect, being a monitor, being a head boy, everything had been there. Yeah. So I realized, you know what, I can do much more with my life. And then uh, I kind of in uh, 11, in 12th, I had, uh, in Delhi, we have 12th. In other places, I don't know what to call it, but it's plus two. I have, I've done my 12th in science. All my five subjects had distinctions. So the whole family went, okay, you know what, if you don't want to come to the store, why don't you go ahead and become a doctor? Because I had biology. Okay. And yeah. I was like, oh God, they're just not leaving me. <laughs> they will let me be. So any which way, because that time you're a child and whatever the family is saying, you have to kind of, so I went ahead and there was this one institute which used to send you study material. So I said, okay. So they were paying for it and I used to come, I'll read, I won't read. The mind and heart was not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from somewhere, I was kind of researching on my own as well to what should work for me. And uh, I came across hotel management. Okay. And I was like, hmm, this sounds something like me. <laughs> you know, like I said, I come from a very middle class Punjabi background. So public relations, advertising, and all these things that today's kids, they know why they're, you know, seven, eight years old. I had no clue even there are these careers that exist. Yep. Yep. The only thing I knew that time was anything that breaks away the mold is hotel management. So I was like, okay. That's it. This is what I'm going to go ahead and do because this is where I find myself alignment. Okay. And uh, thankfully, it kind of uh, became a good decision for me. Mm-hmm. And because I don't think so, I would have been a good doctor. For sure. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> you, know, you, you, know, you know yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would have taken four years to go ahead and prepare for the exam. Fifth year, maybe I would have gotten admission in some college remotely. So yeah. anyway, which is coming back to hotel management. So, but the moment I went there, I had done it from IHM, Indian uh, mm-hmm. Institute of Hotel Management, Institute of Hotel Management, not uh, Indian Institute. And uh, the moment I started going through the curriculum, the classes, and everything, it just felt like, oh, you know what? This is something that's going to actually be a part of my life in terms mm-hmm. of what they were making me as a person, not the technicalities. Yep. whether it was food production food and beverage and uh, housekeeping and all those they never used to come in handy to me i used to be always like okay you know what these have to do but the way they were bringing out my overall personality because yep. i could see the change in myself so i said okay you know what this is working out immediately after that i got uh, you know that time and i'm talking of year 1998 for the audience yeah. just to know i have said earlier as well i'm 44 years old So in year 1998 uh the applications from Sahara Airlines came out there were lakhs and lakhs of applicants and like i said once you're aligned to your swadharma things start happening there were only 16 people selected from those lakhs of application and mr gava was one wow building on this further mr gava now sorry i give long long answers no 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 you're perfectly fine <laughs> don't worry you went ahead and did pursue that you completed your graduation at the same time uh, apart from doing uh, your hotel management you were very well researched denise i must say very well researched good on you man thank you uh, but you didn't stay long enough there and you chose to go oh, yeah. into us yeah you 
spent two years, but then you chose to go into a sales and marketing roles and you did various careers between what you then became with I, IMC, right? Uh, which is the India pageant uh, for the, the Miss Feminine. It was Miss Universe India. Yeah. 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 Sushmita Sen so, is on this thing from from this. Yeah. So how, you know, from that IMC to uh, Sahara airlines like what was going on in between that specifically in your mind your career was it like like you yeah. said earlier just keep doing or yeah. was it so um uh, during the last year of my hotel management i lost my mother to cancer and uh, somewhere um like i said hotel management those technicalities would never attract me it was the personality development that i was going through that always attracted me and that's how I kind of moved on to sahara I didn't even do any work in a hotel. Okay. I mean, my industrial training happened at uh, the Sheraton in Delhi. And I only know how I've done that training. (laughs) 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 That certificate was required for me to complete the course. So anyways, moving on to then from Sahara, what happened is uh, within two years, I realized that, you know, like you, when you keep evolving, you keep Mm -hmm. realizing there is more to me that I can get from life and I can give to life. So that's mm-hmm. exactly what started happening. As much as I have learned, when I say the word emotional intelligence, I think I have learned 80% of my emotional intelligence working on Sahara Airlines. I'd like to elaborate a little bit on this for your sure, audiences sure. as well. What happens is when you're flying as a crew, you get to meet people from various walks of life. You get yep. to meet, and I'm talking of year 1998. That time in India, airlines were only... Uh, traveled by either luxury or somebody who had to urgently reach somewhere. It yeah. was not like today, wherein anybody can go ahead, you know, a train ticket is two and a half thousand rupees and a flight ticket is three and a half thousand rupees, so you won't even think twice. Yeah. That time, there was a lot of gap in between those prices. So the, pe- the kind of people that we used to get there was in economy, either it will be somebody, you know, who really has kind of once in a while, they want to have that experience of flying, so that kind of a flyer or somebody who urgently needs to be somewhere, somebody is fast yep. away or something, they need to be there. And on the other, or there were regular flyers as well. And on the other side, in the business class, we used to have these politicians, Bollywood actors, corporate, honchos, everybody you can name it. Yep. So, you know, when you get to un- address and understand these varied psychologies, you really start relating to them. So the moment you will see them, your, your, your kind of uh, intuition becomes mm-hmm. very strong. You yep. start relating to them at a much faster pace. And I think that kind of really helped me come into my own. And with that kind of an internal evolution, I said, you know what? It's time that I externally evolve as well. And uh, like I said, middle-class Punjabi family always had this one thing that I want to travel international. I want to go ahead and cross that international airport ka gate Go in there and see what happens at that counter and after that counter. Yeah. I seriously am telling you, one of my aunts used to travel. So every day she'd go to London. We'll go to the airport, drop her to the airport gate, and then we'll just keep standing there wondering what she must be doing inside. Hmm. So, so that that uh, that uh, thing was always there. Uh, and kind of then uh, God brought forward an opportunity. And I went to Singapore. Then from Singapore, something else manifested. I moved to the Australia. From Australia, I moved to the US. And because I had groomed myself during those yep. Sahara days, the personality had developed. 
So all these positions that happened, they were in sales and business development, though they were in IT. And today yeah. I can go ahead and say that, oh, you know what? I was only doing it for money. But they gave me the international exposure as well. Like we all, you know, with ages, we all have a yeah. limited understanding of where we are. So my limited understanding at that point in time was, you know what? This is giving me money. This is giving me international exposure. This is adding on to my CV. And I always yeah. wanted to be abroad. Why not? So, so hence, and personality was developed. I could speak well. I could present myself well. And that time, that was the major thing that was required. Technicalities, yep. I tell everybody, any organization you go and join, technicalities, they can pour into you. Yep. It's your attitude, your aptitude, your basic sense of being that nobody can give you. That you need to groom yourself. Yep. So, so hence, those IT things happened. And then after a while, like I said, that I was not feeling very aligned to the IT anyways. It was more for being abroad, earning that money. And, uh, and then my MBA happened because mm-hmm. I had done only my graduation in India. And if one wants to evolve internationally, and if I, you know, so, so I decided, I said, okay, you know what? And then I ended up becoming one of the first students who were given a scholarship, a part scholarship, though, at wow. Leeds Metropolitan University. I was to write an essay. And uh, thankfully, I got that. So that kind of helped. And I did my MBA from Leeds Business School. Uh, why did you choose the glamour industry and the media industry? Why did I choose the glamour and the media industry? Okay. So when I was applying for Sahara, mm-hmm. Uh, I had gotten my portfolio done. You know, oh, that time, okay. crew jobs are always like very, mm-hmm. you know, you when you enter the airport, everybody looks at you. But so all of that was always there in the head. So I'd gotten my folio done and I distributed the pictures and a few places started calling me. Okay. But then it came a time, I mean, while this thing was parallelly going on, I decided I'm going to move international. So I left it in between. But once, as they say, it's stuck in your head, uh, so once I was doing IT, even after my MBA, when I came back to India, I joined one of Reliance's organizations, okay. it, which was in mobile gaming. And so I continued after my MBA as well. However, I was in the city of Mumbai, the land of so-called opportunities and the yep. land of cinema, the land of art. So, so, so yeah, so it kind of was, again, I would say a natural progression wherein I was like, you know, what, what am I doing in IT? Why am mm-hmm. I doing this? I mean, uh, again, always the motive, I don't know, maybe because it was that middle class Punjabi upbringing, money was always that one thing that always yeah. motivated. So so then came a time, I was 30 years of age by then, Anish, mm-hmm. when I came back. And this was uh, 2005 to 2007, I think I worked with them. So yeah, so almost I was around 28, 28 mm-hmm. to 30. And I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. If I don't take a change now, I will never be able to do it. Mm. And and hence, yeah. And then I kind of moved on to other things. And slowly and gradually, see, on resume, everybody gets to see what are the major achievements. Nobody fills in those gaps of what when you were going through the dump. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what you saw was, you saw IMC. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's just in between, be in between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. But again, I am very proud of my failures. No, everybody should be, actually, because uh, like you said earlier, failures are experiences which you learn from and they are not actually failures. Um, I, I can put up my hand and I fail multiple times within my career, but that's okay. And we but have don't you agree have... we all should fail sometimes? We oh, all we should. should fail every day. We should yeah. fail every day. I would yeah. say in something or the other. Uh, you know, whether you're, whether you're fixing your own... Uh, 
t-shirt or whether you're fixing your household chores or you're fixing your own food if you fail that's okay you learn from it exactly exactly so my my today's youth when i see they're very scared of failures that's why they don't go ahead and take a lot of chances in life and yeah. that's kind of you know really irks me i always tell them what will happen yeah. what will happen you will only learn from it so yeah. please go for it building on this further uh, and uh, when you started in the media and the glamour industry it's a tough brutal industry uh, if you agree or disagree on that there are many eyes looking at you there are many people who are looking to take your job away uh, because it's a it's a industry which is big but at the same time it's not a place for everyone also uh, i would say uh, i don't know if you agree to that uh how how was your building up that journey um at the risk of sounding very uh, crude and rude i have always been one of those people who's always believed you can say a bit too much in himself okay i have believed that you will only be do you'll be able to do something wrong to me if i allow you to be wrong to me hmm. interesting so So yeah so uh first of all i'm a very 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 uh pro person when it comes to preparation mm. so if i am to do something i would have thought of at least 10 scenarios before i go ahead and do it mm-hmm. so i think somewhere that kind of has always kept me prepped and slowly and gradually uh, anis one thing which has really helped me overcome any of these uh, so called obstacles is my furthering belief in spirituality mm. i'm not talking of religion because yeah. they are two very different things uh, people majorly confuse them so so spirituality just for your audiences if somebody would like to kind of have an elaboration on it it's something that takes you more to you it takes uh-huh. you more inside it helps you believe that your life on the inside is what matters because yeah. life on the outside is only a manifestation of how you feel on the inside mm-hmm. so the more i started realizing that the more i started realizing that you know what if something wrong is happening on the outside mm-hmm. i am the source of that outside wrong happening hence i am the end of bearing that wrong on the outside happening interesting so i am the source and i am the end is one of the formulas that i swear by i live by because any any anything that comes back to you somewhere mm-hmm. or the other you had initiated that in your life so coming to your question to answer that directly have i ever been fearful of somebody coming and taking my place i don't have any fear of that sort if somebody comes and replaces me if somebody comes and takes my position that means they were always better to do it yep in people's eyes in perception what i do i do the best possible whatever i can do and mm-hmm. i know that because i know i go with so much of preparation but if mm-hmm. i am not living up to somebody's mark that doesn't mean that i am no good it just mm-hmm. means that their marking is different than how i mark myself so mm-hmm. i should never go ahead and undermine myself however i take learnings out of them if there is something that was supposed to happen and hasn't happened i will sit and reflect on it 
I will not take it negatively. I will take it more as something that will add on, that will be like a correctional thing if there is a correction that requires to be done. Because we all live in a society where there is politics and all of that does happen. But at the same time, one needs to see through the things which are politicized and which are actually, which will help you grow. So mm. once you find that see, I think then you can, you know, maintain your centricity. And sure. uh, and I've always believed if not this, something else will happen. I was not born with this. I will not go with this. So. Hmm. You know, I did watch your TEDx speaking on Unfollow. And you did do a lot of other following series on Instagram and on other platforms on using that theme of Unfollow. Uh, you know, uh, looking at your last five to ten years, or especially the last decade, how do you feel technology has influenced or enhanced what you do? And especially whether it's the shows which you do or conduct, whether it's the Lacman Fashion Week, for example, or your day-to-day. -day. For me, technology has a, a, a two-pronged, uh, I wouldn't call it approach, but has a two-pronged existence. It can be a blessing and it can be not a curse, but it can be a hindrance. Mm -hmm. uh, today's world, with the attention spans going shorter and shorter and shorter, uh, courtesy technology. Yeah. However, that devil also is bringing his <laughs> yeah. forms to that devilishness of it. Uh, wherein it is opening up a lot of paradigms, opening up a lot of centers for people to enhance their, optimize their reach. Hmm. So the past, I won't say the past decade, I will, uh, for me, it majorly started in around 2014, 2013, 2013. So, so yeah, in the past eight years, it's almost a decade, you were right there, my bad. I didn't calculate. I was not going 2021 in my head yet. <laughs> <laughs> we wish 21 and 20 never existed for sure. Listen, <laughs> no, don't even go there. I'll start crying. <laughs> then you're on your, like, who did you bring on? We thought he was yeah. going to motivate us. No, no, no. no it has, it, uh, for me, uh, th there have been very good days. And obviously, we go through bad days. No, coming back to your question, yeah. Uh, so technology has helped me if today there is an acceptability of brand Mr. Gaba. Mm -hmm. I will give it at least, if not more, 40% mm. of, uh, you know, uh, credit. That it's because of this that I could go ahead and create a brand outside of that umbrella of the, the uh, you know, uh, the channels that I was associated with. So today, though I have not done India's Next Top Model in the past two years because the show is not happening, it has not led to Mr. Gaba brand going um, down okay. or out away. Uh, Shadi Fit was one season, but it's not that anything has happened to the brand. So what I'm trying to say here is that because of this technological reach and because of the connect that one could forge honestly, the the tag word, the, the, the underlined word here is honesty. I have always been exactly what I am in my real life on all my social media as well. There is never, ever even an ounce of. So if you said that you heard my unfollow, if you will go back even six years and listen to any of my interviews or read any of my interviews, the conversation will be exactly the same. It will be the same tonality. It may have evolved a certain bit like now. And 
because I come from a space of awareness, with whatever limited awareness I have, there is that homogeneity. And I think it is once people find that true source in you, then mm-hmm. they also evolve with you. They don't leave you just like that. So has technology helped the brand stay alive? Definitely it has. However, the credit goes equally to technology and the content that is being put on technology. Uh, I want to come back to one point where I said I will come back, which is the decision piece. And, you know, you had to, because being a judge, you had to take a lot of decisions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are there decisions which you look back and say, I could have, probably I I would not use that word repent, but, you know, I wish I didn't do it. I didn't take that decision because... When I'm sitting on those judge seats? Yes. Never. I'll tell you what, because never. Because there have been chances wherein I have disagreed to, because there's a panel that's sitting there. And, uh, or even if there are chances, there are places where I've gone ahead and individually judged something. I, I'm very clear on one thing, that this is what I believe in. And Mm -hmm. I will fight to tooth and nail for it. Mm. And if it was, let's say, because we were five of us, if the three of them go on the other side of it, and it's just two of us, then at least in my head, I know I gave it my best. Okay. So, yeah. so there will never be a time wherein I will go ahead and repent because then I know in my head that it is not my decision. It is my yes. decision. But if it is a decision that's to be taken by me, no. Because I know that I'm playing with somebody's life. Yeah. And I can't, I, then I won't be able to go back and sleep. Mm-hmm. I have a little yes. bit thing called conscience. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a massive thing. <laughs> Uh, building on this further, are there any moments which you look back? Now, I know I'm not putting you on a pedestal that you should retire. Don't get me wrong in that question. but the point I can't is, even retire. With no, especially no, the way the past two years have gone, I can't retire. <laughs> no, no one should, <laughs> for, for sure. But, uh, you know, are there moments which you look back and say, that motivates you and saying, you know, keep doing Mr. Gaba, keep doing what you're doing right now. It's always the things that I have not been able to undertake because mm. of whether my laziness or because of uh, the way I perceive things can be and they were not able to manifest like that. Uh, like I said, you know, I have lived, I, I, I believe in living my life as I am the source and I am the end. Somebody listening to this conversation may think, oh God, how much of this person says I, 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 I. Yeah. Because I don't believe in going ahead and putting any kind of responsibility on anybody else for my life. And Mm -hmm. that's where the I comes from. Mm -hmm. So it is not out of any ego. It is out of sense of responsibility for this life. So, so yeah. So, uh, no, there are, there are definitely moments wherein I go ahead and I am kind of lamenting. I am uh, really low and I'm really out about it. And I'm like, okay, you know what, what is happening? Mind is not working. Things are not getting aligned. What am I not doing? What am I doing? What should I be doing better? Why is it not coming to me? All of those emotions do come. All of them. Because till the time I do not live through those emotions, I do not sublimate those emotions. I will not be able to see a clearer sky. So as they say, yeah, so as they say that, you know what, till the time you haven't lived your fears, you will never be fearless. So similar goes, and I, I come from a complete understanding that if you're feeling like a failure today, please go ahead and feel it. 
it is very important for you to have undergo that feeling because only when you overcome that feeling will you be able to overcome that feeling very interesting perspective building on something which you mentioned earlier and you did uh, speak about your dad uh, yeah. where he would, he would take care of you when you would be in your store but talking largely about your family and friends how do you see because you know you are an uber example where people today feel and in this pandemic right a lot of people have lost jobs from hospitality industry or from media or many industries right and they say that my career has ended and i can't do anything and you are an uber example who has switched three careers literally okay if i look at it starting from a hospitality airlines to moving into it this development to moving into media it's been a completely a three switch careers right and you've done well it's not that you restarted you actually went up and up uh, you know but the family plays a big role friends and families play a big role in helping you go through that phase you know any perspectives about how family and friends have helped you oh uh, okay i'll start with friends mm-hmm. so there was a time in between like i said that you know i had that time when i left that it job and i moved into the which is like the dark phase which nobody sees in the tv so that was a time where in it was it had come to my uh, survival wow uh and i have said this in a lot of interviews so it's not that i'm kind of ashamed about it because i feel really proud uh so survival in terms of because i was moving like you very rightly said i was moving into an industry wherein it is not just about what you know it is who you know and how yes. well you know and how well you are able to network also mm-hmm. matters so i kind of came in into this media and entertainment with I won't say a wrong set of people but I kind of misjudged the situation and uh, it really took me back a few years on my independent standing and uh, at that time the only thing that kept me going was my friend circle mm. not even once so you know when you are earning very well Mm-hmm. and you know you're spending you're hosting you're doing everything in life and suddenly you go through this phase where you're, there's no incoming that is happening and you actually retract yourself you know from a lot of things that you were generally doing in your life so friends so called acquaintances they can't be called friends they kind of back off in those times yep i am i am very fortunate i have 15 very close friends not even one of them not even one went back wow they all stood by me like a rock mm. so yes it is very 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 important and again i think it comes from a space wherein when you are true to yourself mm-hmm. you are true to your relationship and when you are true to your relationship then that that uh, that yo yo thing of relationships mm-hmm. it kind of remains a little central it doesn't go extreme So mm-hmm. I think that uh, honesty in relationships and honesty with self it helps then uh, as far as my family goes uh, my family like I said is a middle class Punjabi family uh, with very uh, limited understanding of how things happen on the outside uh, they have always been into business like my father till the time my india's next top model force holding did not come out in delhi and some uh, cousin called him up oh we saw him on the holding wow Till that day, my father. If anybody will pick up the phone on him and ask him what does he do, 
his answer would be, I don't know what does he do, but he makes enough to take care of himself. He had <laughs> no freaking clue. Okay. So for me to even, uh, what do you say, uh, uh, expect anything from him mm-hmm. would have been an unreasonable thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, my younger brother, who lives in the US, was a big, I mean, I have a youngest brother as well who lives in Delhi with my father. Their names are Amit and Asmik. And, uh, I mean, whatever they could be, they were. They, they mm. I mean, they were very thick as brothers and even my father. It's just that limited set of understanding and here, yep. they had kind of devolved in. So they knew what I was going through and they were there. Very interesting. Uh, on that note, if there are any parting thoughts for people to... Because you've built your career. You've, as I said, you've had opportunity to jump careers. And there are many people now, either they are starting their career or thinking about moving into different careers. What will be your guidance or feedback be to them? My guidance to them will be, when you look at yourself in the mirror, just tell yourself the statement at least 10 times a day if you're going through hardships or generally also. Don't worry. I'm there with you. Hmm. Just look at yourself in the mirror and just tell this to yourself. Do not worry at all. I am there with you. I will not let anything happen to you. I am there with you. See the magic. Very interesting. Hmm. On that note, uh, Mr. Gaba, it's been a <laughs> you pleasure. <laughs> no, it's, I, I, I'm lost of words because of this deep thought. When you were saying that, it was almost somebody saying this to me as well. So uh, that's, uh, I, I, it was a deep thought. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time out. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and uh, please do stay safe. And uh, thank you for taking time out. You too. Please, uh, you and all the audiences, please continue being safe. Continue taking care of yourselves. We are almost post-corona, if I may say so. Uh, however, we never know when their muted ver- mutated versions come out. So please be very careful. Please follow any guidelines that your governments are telling you to follow because it is very important. It is all about personal responsibility. I have said mm-hmm. this from day one. To handle corona is to be personally responsible. If you are personally responsible, you will ensure that it doesn't spread. So please be personally responsible for everything Corona and your life, and do not, if I may say a passing line, please start taking responsibility of your actions, whether yes. it is good, whether it is bad, whether it is ugly, whether it is fantastic. Do not blame the bads of your life on somebody else, and do not take the credit of everything good about your life on yourself. Mm. Because we are human beings, we are social animals. At the end of the day, if we, uh, if we are to live a meaningful life, we need to live it with responsibility. Very well said, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening in. And we close yet another episode of Masters Decoded. If you've enjoyed the episode, please, you can help us out by sharing it on social media. I would personally appreciate that. It's how we can reach more listeners and the more listeners we have, the more awesome guests I can get in touch and convince to participate in these conversations that are a joy 
to have for me and I hope they are a joy for you to listen as well. You can also help a lot leaving reviews on iTunes or your podcast service of choice. Reviews are surprisingly helpful in supporting the podcast to get to more listeners. If this episode has intrigued you, I would request you to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date and get notified to the future episodes. With that, I bid you and see you in the next episode.